How about your uh, crazy ass mayor, mayor of Canada? <laughs> is he your mayor? He is your mayor, right? That is. Uh, he's our religious leader. It's that whole province provincial thing. <laughs> You're thinking of um, Saskatoon, <laughs> Sarsaparilla. Uh, I don't even know how to respond to that. You're being yeah. so offensive. I am. I am. It's Seattle <laughs> is definitely not Canada. And I'm also not in Seattle, <laughs> technically. So that's even, that's another layer of offensiveness that you don't even, you're not even aware of. You're in Tacoma. Yeah. Beautiful Tacoma. But Tacoma is Seattle. <laughs> it's not? <laughs> well, where do you go when you have to fly? No. Where do you go? Where airport do you go what? to? We go to SeaTac. That's Seattle. Seattle, Tacoma. Well, that means it's all one city. <laughs> it is not. SeaTac is in the middle. Who's your Who's your local baseball team? The, the Tacoma Rainiers. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, I've been to a game there in a long time, though. I need to get back. That's the, That's a good experience. Well, the minor league baseball. Oh I, yeah. Oh, I really thought I was going to get through the show without mentioning baseball. Oh so yeah, yeah. Well, you'd think, right? Mm. We could stop. We could, we could, uh, we could just move on. You know what? There is something. I was just reading something that was interesting about minor league baseball, and it's the fact that they don't really. It, it's it's like such low stakes because they don't play to win per se. I mean, they you know all things considered, they'd rather win than lose. But at least if the teams are actually um, part of a major league baseball's system. It's all about, you know, developing the players, you know, like, and if a pitcher in a minor league game is right. throwing a no hitter, but he gets to his pitch count, which might be like, you know, 75 or something like that, he comes out. Yeah. And it, you know, it makes it a more relaxing, you know, it's, it's like a sit back, talk with your friends and yeah, have a brewski, yeah. you know, the great thing is about, I mean, you can be so close to the players. Oh, exactly. Because you can get it. I mean, you can get like front row seats at a minor league. It right. depends on that. It depends on the team, I guess. But right, uh, we have particularly we have here the, and now you could get front row seats pretty cheap. Yeah, we have the uh, the Camden River Sharks right across the river in uh, beautiful Camden, New Jersey, and you could get uh -huh. you get front row seats there for I don't know like four bucks something like that. Is that an Orioles? I'm assuming. Uh, you know what? Actually, Franchise. they are unaffiliated. Oh, really? Yeah, they're in this weird that's league. That's that not, is interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and and is, is, uh, does Ricky Henderson play for them? <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> no, and they say, they claim that they're roughly AAA equivalent, but they're not. They're like AA sort of. But yeah. they do have some guys who were in the show floating around. Like some of the older guys are, uh, you know, former Major League Baseball players, guys who've, you know, who've been at that level. And they've just right. fallen out of the, off the radar yeah. or something. Well, Ricky did that for for a little while anyway. He played. I think he played in the independent leagues for a little while. When after he uh, finished with the A's, he I think just, that's where he finished. He just loved baseball. He just yeah. I mean, the guy just loves baseball. You know, right. that's and hats off to that, right? Yeah, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. Uh, there's some old pitchers too who uh, uh, I forget some of their names, but you know, guys who are former major league pitchers who'll just uh, you know bum around the minor leagues. Roger Clemens threw a game like last year. 
that seems hard. That seems like your arm would just fall off. Yeah. Well, some of those guys, though, there's like pitchers, you know, some of those pitchers just have like a superhuman arm. I mean, Roger Clemens yeah. is one of those guys. I mean, and I know he took the PEDs and stuff, but even without that, the guy, <laughs> but the guy had. That helped a little bit. <coughs> Excuse me. I think it helped with his longevity, but I mean, there's just no denying it. Like when he, you know, when he was a kid, I mean, he just. He, you know, all those guys throw the ball hard, but I mean, Roger Clemens just threw it harder. Yeah. <coughs> oh. But if you're a guy like like a guy like Jamie Moyer, I mean, he could. Yeah. He could pitch forever. Yeah. He's older He's than never, us, right? Never threw, never threw hard. Yeah, yeah, like like a year or two older than me. Never threw hard in the first place. Right. Crafty. Yeah, that's what left-hander. I. That's the kind of crafty left-hander. Crafty. Uh I'm going to do something unusual. I'm going to I'm going to do a sponsor read already. Okay. Because uh, I got a, a bunch of sponsors this week. Um, and I want and and it's going to tie in to a topic I want to talk about then. So I might as well just get it out of the way. I'm going to do these guys first. I want to talk to you about our good friends at Smile. Uh, great, great software developers. Uh, and and lovely app, people. Yeah, and the app they want me to tell you about is PDF Pen Scan Plus. Uh, now, what is PDF Pen Scan Plus? It's one-touch scanning directly from your iPhone or iPad camera, right? Just use your iPhone or iPad, and you can scan uh, documents. You can scan pictures. Uh, t- treats the camera as a scanner. But they've got OCR. It's not just taking pictures. What's the difference? Why not just use your camera to take a picture? This, this treats it more like a scan. They have OCR. It'll turn them into searchable PDFs. So you can actually, you know, it actually reads the text and then you can search for the text. Um, The OCR is performed by the app itself. It's not offloaded to a cloud service. So uh, you can do it even if you're not connected to the network or if you have sensitive documents that you can't share to a cloud service. Uh, You can export PDFs with the OCR text included. Uh, they support 16 different languages for OCR. I, I don't know what those languages are, but I'll bet one of them is English. Uh, <laughs> perfect companion to PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone. Uh, and I'll just add, that's this is what they said here in the talking points, but I'll add PDF Pen for the Mac is a fantastic uh, application, and I'm sure this works great with that. PDF Pen is a great app for, uh, uh, it, it lets you open PDFs and modify them. Uh, which is a huge, huge lifesaver when you have like a PDF and you need to make like one small tweak to it and you can't find the thing that you originally made it with or maybe you didn't even really originally make it. Great app. PDF Pen Scan Plus for iPhone and iPad is a great companion to that. Uh, how do you get it? Well, it's an iOS app. So, you know, get it on the App Store. It's available right now at an introductory price of four ninety nine, and they have a video demo uh, by David Sparks, who's a great guy. Um, you can find that at smilesoftware.com slash talk show. And that way they'll know you came from the show. Smilesoftware.com slash talk show. And or just go to the app store and search for PDF Pen Scan Plus. Great, great app from a great company. Uh, now, the reason I wanted to do that first, or what were you going to say? No, I was just uh, I, I need to get my wife into this because she she my wife is a private investigator and so she has all these court documents 
that are all in PDF, and she prints everything. Oh, you got scammed. Which drives me insane. Oh. And she just, I mean, just so she can, like, annotate them and, like, put notes in the corner and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I have, I have, I've failed our, as our internal IT support because, household IT support because she's doing that. And I need to get her, need to get her on the, on the smile bandwagon. I'm looking for, I think you guys should have a reality show where she's (laughs) investigating people. And then you just pop in and make wisecracks. (laughs) It would be mostly about her. Obviously, it, it, yes, right. Well, and, it should be, and then and then you and and you know every once in a while maybe Hank can can make an appearance and you just make wisecracks. <laughs> we did. We did. We'd have to get a houseboat. Yeah. So, well, obviously, <laughs> I'm not even sure. Honestly, I don't know how she's insured, bonded without a houseboat as, <laughs> as a private investigator. How can you be a private investigator without living on a houseboat? Right. This might be – there's a lot of ways that I'm probably damaged from having grown up in the 80s, and that is that is absolutely one of them. I would <laughs> never – if I needed a private investigator – I'm saying, you know, I, I'm sure your wife is great, does a great job. But if I had to hire a private investigator <laughs> and found out that he or she did not live on a, on a boat, houseboat, I, I mean, I would immediately start looking for another investigator. <laughs> was Rockford lived in a in a trailer, right? Just like parked like parked on a road side of the road someplace. He didn't even live in like a trailer park. I don't even know how you do that. You got no hookup to anything. You just lived in a trailer. <laughs> you know, I bet that was a cool show, The Rockford Files, but I remember desperately wanting to watch it. Because I knew it was about a private investigator, and he seemed to have a pretty cool car. Although it wasn't an awesome car. It was just, like, kind of sporty. Right. But it was cool enough. And so I just assumed it was a rockin' show with lots of violence and gunshots and stuff. And then, like, I finally was allowed to stay up and watch it one night. And it was it was just incredibly <laughs> dull. There was no action. There was no car chase. No, you know, it was... I, I, I don't even know... I'm, like I said, I'm sure it was a good show, but it was clearly meant for adults, and and whatever drama there was had nothing to do with with what I yeah. had imagined. I imagined I really it was only... it was like the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, no, yeah, we watched it every week. I remember, but I don't remember anything of it other than one time he was being tailed by somebody, and he got fed up, and he just like slammed the car into reverse and slammed into them, and jumped out and punched the guy in the face. <laughs> And it turned out it was a cop. <laughs> <laughs> James Garner. Yep. Man, Maverick. that was a that was a guy. That was a, he was a is he he's not dead. Is he uh, he's dead? still no, I think he's still alive, yeah. yeah. Man, that was a guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was a man's man. <laughs> uh now anyway, the reason I wanted to do Smile first is because I also, even if they weren't a sponsor, I wanted to talk about something um that they were in the news this week. Did you see the thing yesterday? Um where one of their other products, Text Expander, which is like a little text snippet oh, thing, oh yeah, um, uh, has been has gotten like a uh, it's going to be pulled from the App Store, and they have to re- rejigger it. And I mean, long story short, I think is this is the iOS version of Text Expander. Text Expander is a utility that you. Uh, it's on the Mac too, but you you let so you set up little shortcuts so you can type a little uh, three letter thing and it'll expand into a whatever you want a long snippet of text and you can there's all sorts of cool features in there where you can put I use it you can put variables, um, so I have a thing like just as an example if I hit semicolon today, it puts today's date in a certain format 
it just pops right into the you know wherever and it works in every app um now on the mac i don't know what hocus pocus jiggery pokery they're using um to make it work but that's sort of you know like a utility that runs inside other apps is way easier on a mac than ios because ios is you know everything is sandboxed the way it used to work it, it's always required on ios for the apps that that it works within they to, had to opt in right? they had to opt in and include yeah. a text expander sdk so for example the system apps like mail and safari don't support it because apple you know doesn't opt into this to the thing but a lot of third kind of like how dropbox works right yeah yeah exactly and then, and how on you know mac os 10 you know dropbox is just there and it's a folder and it's at the system level and every you know apps apps don't have to opt in but on ios they do they have to include a dropbox stk um but how did that the shared snippet data get between let's say you have four different apps on your iphone that support text expander how did they get the same snippet data uh, they used to use something called sh named clipboards or pasteboards. I, I don't know what the – I always get those two mixed up. Um, but it's sort of a longstanding next step sort of thing where there's different pasteboards. And you, you can see this on the Mac. A lot of people don't know this. But, like, when you copy and paste, you think there's only one pasteboard. But, like, on Mac, if you go to, like, text edit or anything with styled text, you can do things like uh, copy the ruler – if you set up a paragraph with a certain indentation, copy the ruler, go to another document, select some text, paste ruler, and it'll apply that those margins to that text. And you can do the same thing with style. So you can copy a style, which is a, a font, and whether it's italics and a text size, and then select some other text, paste style, and it applies that style. So that's not the text clipboard. It's the style clipboard. And then there's a ruler clipboard. And then apps can make arbitrarily named pasteboards, or at least they used to be able to on iOS. And that was how, um, and I, you know, I think in a nutshell, how the text expander shared data between the apps that opted in. There was a named clipboard that the SDK would know to look for, and that's where all the snippet data was. And then when you created a new snippet, you just do it in the text expander app, and it would automatically be available to all the apps that are in the text expander snip, snippet system. All right, are you with me so far? I am. Uh, Apple got rid of named clipboards in iOS 7 as a security thing or a privacy thing. I don't know which, maybe both, a little bit of both. But right. apps were abusing it. Now, this text expander was not. I think text expander maybe would qualify as an app that was doing what, what they were meant to be done for. Um, but a lot of third-party apps were using it for shady purposes, you know, like ad networks were using it to track stuff across apps so that the same ad network, if a couple of games were using, you know, the same ads, they could somehow share that data, um, which is, you know, in other words, they were use it was an escape valve for this data sandboxing in iOS. And so Apple got rid of them. So Text Expander had to do something else. And what they chose to do is use the reminders, which is a system-wide, you know, like the reminders app. But other apps, there's an API. Other apps can can access it. Um, and so they use the reminders app to store the snippet data. 
and I think they were doing something to sort so they wouldn't, you know, like when you open the reminders app, you wouldn't just be faced with all this. You wouldn't see all this. Yeah, right. Yeah. As a reminder, I, you, you know. I don't think it really mattered. I don't know if they were using dates or on this stuff to make it like so they were all expired or something. But, you know, you could find it, I think, in the reminders app, but it was effectively hidden. But anyway, Apple is notified. That, and, and that was approved. It was in the App Store. And, you know, apps third-party apps had to update to the latest version of the Text Expander SDK to support it. Um, but anyway, yesterday they announced that Apple said, "Look, that's you can't use you can't use reminders like that anymore. Reminders are for reminders, not for arbitrary data." Right. And now they don't know what to do because there's really nothing left. And I saw a lot of criticism on Twitter. Like the, the most of the reaction to it seemed to be that Apple was screwing Smile over. Which I don't really think I don't think that's quite right. I love Smile. I mean, and I say this not just because they're a sponsor, but I mean I know you know some of the people who work there, and I'm a longtime fan of their software. This stinks for them, but I, I don't think right. Apple is screwing them. Yeah, I I wouldn't call it that either. It, it just it maybe it's I mean maybe what the criticism should be is there should be some other service. Yeah, there should um, be some way. For, I mean, and, and this goes back to the origins of the App Store. I mean, this is all the way back to like 2008 when the apps first came out. That there is no, I mean, sandboxing is all well and good, but shouldn't there be somewhere where apps can, app A can put something and then app B can see it? You know? Right. I think that the best argument for Smile using the the reminders this way is that reminders is one of those things like, um, I think, I'm like 99% sure on this. Um, Because I think I remember doing it or proving it. It's like location or the camera or the camera roll where the system, before it'll let the app write to it, will prompt and say, do you want to allow this app to access reminders? You know, that's and that is part of the security in iOS is, you know, like an app can't just turn on location without letting you know. You know, there's no way that the app, it's not just like they're supposed to do it. It's they actually, the app will never get that location data until you, the user, tap the button in the systems provided alert that says, yes, allow this to happen. And then you can, you can turn it off in the settings app at any time. And I think it's the same with reminders where the apps have to opt into it. And so mm-hmm. I think that the argument that they should be allowed to do it is, well, if the user says they're allowed to do it, who's, you know, the user is saying, let me use the reminders to store this, you know, non-reminder data just so that it can be shared between apps. So yeah. I can see it that way, but I can definitely right. see Apple's perspective. Yeah. It does suck, though. And I mean, because it's such a useful feature that there should be some other way to do it. But at the same time, the only things I can think of, you know, is what is it? The only thing that makes the most sense is what they had before. And obviously that wasn't working either. Well, and, and this comes down and and we, we ran into this at Q branch with Vesper because we originally over the summer in a, in a, like a 1.0 something update to Vesper, a minor update, we added, text expander support for iOS 6. And that was the old one with the named clipboards. Um, and then we knew about the iOS, it, that it was changing with iOS 7. 
And for iOS 7, we decided not to include the text expander SDK because, I mean, even though we had it in an update we did over the summer, for iOS 7, we took it out because we thought, I, 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 we all thought that even though this seems like it's been approved by Apple, I don't, we didn't, I didn't think that it was going to last. It just seemed like they were starting, like Smile had been reduced to playing whack-a-mole to find a way to do it. I, I, I right. you know, and I don't blame them. I'm not passing judgment, but it just seemed to me that we, you know, it, I, I almost regretted that we put it in in the first place. Even though it was a useful feature, I regretted it because I hate putting a, a useful feature in and then taking it out. And we got lots of email from people, you know, when we upgraded to seven, they're like, hey, what happened to Text Expander? Uh, you know, and we, you know, we were just honest about it. We we're like, well, here's, you know, we explained the situation more or less in a much shorter uh, version of the description I gave before and said, you know, we're going to wait and see if Apple is, you know, going to support this. And maybe in the long term we will. Um, but it just seemed like weird to me to have Vesper asking for permission to write to reminders when Vesper isn't doing anything with reminders. You know, like I just, right. and who knows right. if the user even knows, you know, that it's for text expander, you know, like the advanced users do, but typical users might not. And I think that's weird. I think like when an app asks for location and I have no idea why it's asking for location, I never allow it. And I'm very often very tempted to delete the app if it's like a new thing that I'm trying out. And so to me, it would be weird if an app that I wasn't using to access reminders, you know, asked for reminders. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole gray area to app on both the Mac and on iOS, but to apps that try and do stuff that I mean, it probably it varies by person, but you, I get a I get a like a weird feeling from certain apps, even though I know that I mean, and it's not that they're from people who are I mean, they're from people who I trust and they're services that I often want, but you just get that feeling like I don't know how long that's going to be around, right? And so I don't want to get in. To relying on that and having it someday go away. Uh, another X factor is that the the system now has like a sort of shared text snippet thing, um, but it's nowhere near as powerful as Text Expander, and it doesn't yeah. have variables. And I think there's some people who are suspicious that that's why Apple is doing this. That Apple is trying to force people to use the system one instead of Text Expander. And I really, I mean. Whether you agree or disagree that Apple should let them use the reminders thing, they're not doing it to screw Text Expander. They really no. are not, and they're not doing it to force people. It doesn't to use right. It doesn't benefit them at all. Right. Really. I mean, they're providing it as a basic feature set, but it doesn't. You know, it's not like they're selling it. Right. You know, my colleague, my friend, friend Brent Simmons. Um, you know, in our internal discussions about what to do with it with Vesper. Um, I think his idea for how they should do it is right, and it's the way of the future, or at least the way of iOS 7, is that they should write their own, um, like, a web service. And right. then the SDK, you know, you would get, like, you'd have a text expander account, and the SDK would mean that every app would then sync the text your text expander data over the cloud. Right. And it uh, that's a lot of work, though. That's that is you know that's that's one of those things we're saying. Hey, they should write their own web service for this. Is more or less you know it sounds nice and neat, and you can you can imagine how it would work. And what you're really doing is saying they should undertake a massive 
undertaking, uh, you know, to implement this feature, which is frustrating as a programmer because you know that if you could just write the data to a file on disk on the device, you know, it would be so easy. You right. just write to a file and then have the other app read from the file. And now you're asking me to do this incredibly complicated web service where we've got to have servers, and we've got to keep them up, and we have to have an account system, and we have to make sure everything is secure so that nobody can access yeah. somebody and else's. And it's not, it's not as instantaneous, and it also relies on having a web connection. Right. And so instead of having, yeah, it requires a network. But that's the way that of the future. That's really, I mean, that's how data gets stored on i you know or, or gets shared between apps really and it seems crazy that it's the only way that apps can talk to each other is by going to the network all the way to the cloud and then back but it's the truth i mean that's really how it works that's why dropbox works on ios 7 even though it works very differently than it does on a mac or windows but it works because they're not there is no actual shared folder dropbox on ios it's everything is going back and forth to the cloud Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be another thing that they could do if they didn't want to write their own account system they could use Dropbox but then it would require everybody with Text Expander to use Dropbox and you that, that's it's everybody out there who's listening who uses Text Expander and Dropbox I know what you're thinking you're thinking yeah 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 do that do that because you want your Text Expander to work but you really can't force you can't have Dropbox be the only way to do it because you know there's lots of people who don't use Dropbox and who don't want to I notice you're not saying iCloud you know what I don't think iCloud could solve it because I don't why could it not solve it in the same way that that um, Dropbox would because with iCloud you don't it doesn't get you out of the per app sandbox. So if your text expander app writes oh, your right. snippet that's data right. to that's iCloud right. and that's you right. open Vesper yeah. and yeah, Vesper right. has the SDK, it wouldn't Vesper, even though you could be logged into iCloud, it wouldn't yeah, it let won't you. See, uh, yeah, that's right. It doesn't, yeah, right? doesn't see outside of its own environment. Right. One of the, well, not weird things, but unique things about iCloud is that iCloud, even though it's a cloud service, it's still per application siloed. In some ways. I don't know. Uh, The Finder obviously has a magic way around that. And I mentioned this on the show a few weeks ago. But that's that's what's so interesting about tags in Mavericks. Is that tags are the way that you can um, see documents from different iCloud apps together. You know, if I have a numbers document and I tag it, Molts, and then I have a pages document and tag it molts in the finder. I can go to my molts tag and see both of them together, mm-hmm. even though they're not they're 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 in totally different folders because of the way iCloud is set up. But there's nothing. There's no way to like the tags are not visible on iOS yet. So that would be something maybe in the future that they could use iCloud if they tagged it, and then you had apps that support iCloud. And then it would be tagged, like, I don't know, Text Expander or something like that. But that's not available on iOS yet. It's interesting that nobody has, I mean, well, I guess, I mean, other than Dropbox, tried to do a, um, a backend service like that for developers. Well, is, uh, I guess Windows Azure is kind of the same thing, right? Yeah, but it's, it, it, there's no, like 
turnkey just yeah just hook it up and sync right, data. Right. I mean, you know, Windows Azure does a lot of the work for you compared to the old days where you know you would sure you'd be starting with just like a nothing a, a server with a fresh install of you know Linux <laughs> or BSD. Uh and then you've got to start from there. I mean, you really get a lot to start, but it's it's not this, you know, it's not like writing to a file, reading from a file, you know. I mean, it's 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 really frustrating if you have an idea uh, for something that requires different apps to access the shared data. There's no easy way out of it. I mean, and yeah. that's that's sort of the unfortunate news. There is no easy way. Um, they do have the smile guys have an idea for what they can do in the short term, which is, um, these callback URLs, which is, you know, how like when you tap a thing and it goes to another app, you know, it's, it, it would be mm-hmm. like a special URL, like not an HTTP URL. It'd be like an X text expander URL, but then you'd, the way you'd have to work is every time you want to update your text expander snippets in, in say, uh, you know, app A. In app A, you'd have to say, you know, refresh my text expander snippets. It would take you to text expander and then go from text yeah. expander back to the app. And then in app B, you'd have to do the same thing. But it's the only way. But it's, you know, really sounds like it's taken all the, you know, the magic out of it. Right. So bad news for Smile. Yeah. But it's you know really ultimately what it is is that they've they have a product on iOS that iOS is not designed to support, and they've right. gotten away with it, and because it used to have a feature that let it happen, that's the named clipboards. Um, but uh, you know that was taken away not to spite Smile; it was taken away because a bunch of scammers were uh, abusing it. I feel like I opened the show on a, on a sour note. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> let me do another I'm just, sponsor I'm read. just crying this is this was upbeat though <laughs> let me do another sponsor read. i'm going to tell you about i think you were on the show the last time these guys sponsored this is a, a just a happy coincidence i think it's uh domestic beast remember these guys oh yeah that's right they're yeah, a yeah, small yeah. design agency and they love dogs and they got tired of ugly dog stuff and ugly and dog stuff that doesn't work uh so they find well-designed well-bit well-built dog stuff uh, in a variety of styles, uh, stuff that looks cool. And uh, they have a great holiday gift guide for anyone who knows anyone with a dog. So if you know someone with a dog, this is a great, great place to go to find like a unique gift. Uh, Perfect gifts for friends and family who are dog lovers. Um, All sorts of cool stuff. Um, You've got a dog, right? Yeah. 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 They've got hipster stuff. Uh, it even <laughs> says here, even says here, even for friends with cats. And then they put in parentheses, um, "Don't expect much." You don't have a cat, do you, John? No, I don't like cats. I really hate cats. Uh, I, I like don't cats, have okay, a, but I like dogs better. I don't have a dog, but if I ever did have a pet, I would have a dog. Um, yeah, you can tweet. Do you have, if you have? Uh, they have a Twitter account at Domestic Beast. Uh, and you can tweet at them with gift ideas, and they'll uh, pick their favorite one, feature it on our website, and give the winner $100 worth of cool dog stuff. So check them out on Twitter. They have a cool Twitter. Uh, here's their slogan. Just because you have a dog doesn't mean you have to live in a doghouse. Where do you go to find out more? 
Their website, easy. Their name is Domestic Beast. Their website is domesticbeast.com. Uh, go there, check out their great uh, stuff, and it really is. It's a great place to find unique gifts for dog lovers in your life. They've got a whole mess of um, Christmas-themed chew toys. There's Ugly Ginger Fugly Gingerbread Man, which is pretty good. really is a cool-looking website. My dog, the my dog likes my dog. He loves he loves to tear the hell out of a out of a stuffed animal, or but you know, ideally like a something that's designed for him that's not full of things that might kill him. <laughs> um, he, I mean, well, he doesn't he doesn't care. He doesn't know the difference. But um, when we uh, when we get him something new, he goes right into that. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's stuffing everywhere. There's like there'll just be stuffing all over the, all over the floor. You got anything on? Uh, do you want to talk about? Uh, what does your does your kid have a iOS an iOS device that has Siri on it? Yes. Oh, this is it. This is the scandal. This is why you're on the show this week. This is why I'm on the show this week. Right. Right. Uh, this now this is a real scandal, and there's a two scandals. <laughs> there's the scandal, and then there's the cover up. Because That's why right. is this not why is this That's not on right. the front page of CNN? That's what I want to know. Why is this not? Why is the New York Times not on this? Tell me. Yeah. This is a big scoop. This is your scoop. I don't want to spoil it. Well, John. it's his. It's my kids, really. Yeah. Because he so he's he got a an iPod Touch last year for Christmas, and I don't know why he's been using. Anyway, he's been using Siri more recently since the iOS seven update. Maybe just because Siri's a little bit better. But um, he <laughs> he has started trying to say things to Siri, and uh, I tweeted this a, a couple of weeks ago or something. But we were driving in the car, and my wife and I are sitting in the front talking, and he's in the back playing with his with his iPod because we're great parents. And he uh, he sa- he says, "Hey, can can you guys can you be quiet, please, for a minute? This is kind of important." And I'm like, "Okay, sure." And then all of a sudden we hear that do do. He activates Siri, and then he says explosive diarrhea <laughs> <Doo-doo>. <laughs> I don't know what he got back I didn't check that one but he's been doing this he's been trying to say funny things to Siri and seeing what he gets back and on Saturday he was so, so a week ago uh, almost he was uh, just like running around in the house with his iPod and, and he activated Siri and he, and he said butts and Siri comes back, you know, cheerfully. Here's what I found. And the first thing, the the primary return for that it, at the time when you said butts to Siri was the, the Wikipedia page for anal sex. The one word query. Just just, just turn on Siri butts. and just say butts. Yeah. And you get and, uh, you get directed you to Wikipedia's entry for the, anal the sex. The first like the first paragraph of the Wikipedia with the the picture associated with that. Which happened to be of some, uh, I believe it was some sort of Grecian urn or plate or something like that that depicted some anal sex going on. <laughs> so, so I filed my first bug report. <laughs> that was my first radar. Now, now Hank is uh, in fourth grade. He is in fourth grade. Yeah, so he's nine years old. Right. And so, it's, so yeah, so he saw it. It, you know, didn't really know exactly what it was, but he saw that he saw that the title of the entry. And he just started laughing. And he said, "Anal sex." <laughs> <laughs> he thought that was pretty funny, and I'm sure he probably went to school and told all of his friends about it. 
that my my dad let me look at anal sex on my iPhone. <laughs> right? Well, no. I mean, this there's ways that that could come out. There, I mean, I, we joke, but there are ways that that could become like a topic of, of fourth grade oh, conversation that oh, would okay. make, you know, that, that could prompt a phone call from the school. I mean, you exactly. know. Exactly. It's, yeah. uh, you know. Or if not a visit from Child Protective Services. Right. My dad and I had a good laugh about anal sex right? <laughs> with Siri. <laughs> what? And, you know, so this I, don't, is a scandal. I, don't think, I don't think it shouldn't necessarily be on the list because, you, you know, you scroll down and there are the, right. like other things. The, 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 the other weird entry was the uh, there's a, so there's a you scroll past that and there's that list of other things you might have been looking for. And um, one of the other entries is archery. Huh. Now, so, where do you I think the connection is there? I think I that might have, even be I'm not weird. sure. And I don't know what makes that connection. What decides, yeah. what process decides what to feature when you ask something weird like that? Yeah. Now, you wrote it about this. It doesn't seem like it's a Wolfram Alpha thing because you don't get that. I don't think you get that result if you use Wolfram Alpha. No, it's. I think it's new in iOS 7 is the the integration with Wikipedia. Where it doesn't, it's not, it, you know. It's, but you don't get it if you type in butts in Wikipedia either. Hmm. So it's not their. Right. It's not their choice either. Right. It's somehow Siri is is deciding, well, yeah, that is weird. If, it, if yeah. it doesn't, if you don't get it when you search Wikipedia. But Wikipedia's search is really weird, in my opinion. Usually, I, I it's just one of those things where it's way easier to Google whatever you're looking for space wikipedia and you will almost like you know like almost everything in google search you know if you write whatever topic you're looking for space wikipedia google's first hit will be that that topic's entry at wikipedia whereas at wikipedia it it often doesn't work like that i don't know you get weird results yeah. from wikipedia yeah. so they might have their own index to wikipedia you know apple but anyway <laughs> you you wrote about this and and it got taken care of right it well, come to find out that it it may have gotten taken care of by somebody who we know, who I won't name, talking to a friend at Apple um, and saying, "Hey, uh, have you heard about this idiot John Maltz? <laughs> <laughs> you might want to take a look look at this." And and shortly thereafter, like apparently a couple hours after that, it, it changed, and so now the first return is Beavis and Butthead. Which is I that's outstanding in my opinion. Which is yeah, I think that's I think that's a little more. I mean, I I don't know. You you search Wikipedia and the what it brings back is a list of people who with the last name Butts. <laughs> that may be better because Butts isn't even in Beavis and Butthead. You know, there's all sorts of surnames one could have that are unfortunate. And butts, I guess, would fall into that category. <laughs> but of, uh, if you had to have an unfortunate surname, butts would be a, one of the better ones, in my opinion. Yeah. Seymour Butts is also on the list of other things you might have met. <laughs> Which is, uh, let's see, that's, and that's a pretty good, res- that's a good response. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I saw my, my, my bug report said something to the effect that, you know, butts are very versatile and are not solely used for anal sex. And it seems that something more general should be returned instead of something so specific. Yeah, I wonder if uh, not that it shouldn't be on the list, right? Just saying. Is there? Is, 
I, there's probably, I'll bet, I, I've never looked, but in the parental controls, I'm sh- you can probably turn off Siri completely. But I don't think, yeah. I'm almost certain, there's no way to sort of tell iOS, this device is owned by a kid. And you should give, you know, you know. There's keep- stuff for the store. Right. So there's, yeah, you can set for apps and media. And... Yeah, the interesting thing is you can you can put in. I used one of those. Um, oh gosh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's it's a it, where you put in the IP addresses and it and it uses that to filter the the content hmm. for web searches. And I don't think it goes through that. No, no, I don't think so. Now, there ought to be a way. That wouldn't be a bad idea, though. I mean, I'm not quite sure how what the implications would be. It, it, it's one of those, another one where it's easy to toss it off as an idea, and it would be a mountain of work to implement. But it wouldn't be a bad idea to have a just like a toggle that just says this, this you know, like in the, yeah, right. in the first run. <laughs> tone it down. <laughs> yeah, like a tone it down. This device is owned by a kid. And then it could, you know, it might filter App Store stuff, too. Yeah. Just do the whole thing. That's a funny thing. I wouldn't want to be a man. I, that's like one of those jobs I would not want is would not want to be. And all joking aside, like on the Siri, you know, like the, the Siri content team at Apple and fielding because, yeah. you know, what I mean, like you, you, to be useful and the same thing for Google, too. And, and you know, that and I know that Google just I think they had something this week, some kind of um, uh, announcement with related to like child porn. Uh, I mean, and that's serious stuff where it's like, you know, it like you really do want some kind of uh, human directed filtering, you know, to keep some of that stuff off, you know, like some of that stuff you really just don't want at all. Like there should be ideally there should be no way to actually search for child porno. But how do you do that? How can you possibly allow people, adults, consenting adults to search for good quality adult porno? <laughs> And you know, there, you know, what I mean, like, yeah. there's no way for an algorithm to magically filter out the stuff that shouldn't be there that you really wouldn't want in the index at all. And so, I would hate to be the person who has to, to work with that because it means you're like looking at that. You know, what I mean, like oh, you're, yeah, you're yeah, seeing yeah. like the worst of the right, internet. You have to see it, like yeah, yeah. Like I don't know, I would, I would just imagine that that's the sort of job that nobody could keep for long. Like you've got to you burn out quickly. Yeah, it's you, like yeah, it's like being a CIA mole. <laughs> <laughs> been in the show too long need to get out so yeah so then you i mean i i tried to make a big deal of this because i'm a jerk all right and uh nobody seemed to want to play along i mean you you linked to it eventually, i only linked to it after you after you'd solved after it. it was resolved yeah all right you yeah, know what I thought, I, I thought of all the stupid things that get reported about apple it seems like somebody would have would have tried to make a big deal out of this and yet you know, I, nobody, I, nobody seemed to bite. I didn't link it at first because it's, it's one of those things where I didn't want to, I didn't want to exacerbate the the possibility that it would become one of these faux scandals. You know, <laughs> I I figured wait and see, let's see if it gets fixed. You know, <laughs> and then once it was fixed to me, then it you know then it was just a joke. Let's you know nobody's going to get in trouble. Yeah. Let's let's have some fun with butts. I feel let down though. What a great word. That I couldn't that I couldn't stir the pot like that. 
I still think it's <laughs> I still think it's funny though that that Hank just just, just <laughs> gets just hysterical. Open Siri and said but. <laughs> and I was, <laughs> I was like, what? Let me see that. Give me that. And then I tried it on my phone. But got the same thing. But not anymore. Sorry, I ruined it for everybody. Ruined a good time for everyone. That's what I do. Let's see. Let me make sure. Yeah. Butts. Okay, check it out. Give us some butthead. <laughs> and that was the that was the other great thing. It was that response. Check it out. <laughs> okay, check it out. Checking out butts Thanks. with Siri. Thanks, Siri. <laughs> the second the second uh, did you mean is butt plug. Mm, now you got you know, and now we've you know this But you know. Now you've got questions to answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he doesn't scroll down. No. Nobody does. Nobody scrolls he won't, down. He won't, <laughs> he won't go to that much trouble. Uh, here, let me do another sponsor read. Okay. Uh, this is another great sponsor. Long-time sponsor of the show. Now they're back. Haven't been here for a while. Um, but it's my friends at Global Delight. And they have uh, a new update. Version 3.0 of Camera Plus. That's C A M E R A space P L U S. Don't be don't be uh, fooled by by uh, similar sounding apps. Camera Plus is an iPhone camera app, and it is amazing. Uh, you can use it to take pictures. You can use it to edit and filter pictures you've taken with the system camera. Uh, you know, uh, photos on your camera roll. Um, you can brighten captures on the fly. They have a Lumi, this is L-U-M-Y, a little simple slider that intelligently assesses the ambient lighting around you and provides for optimal exposure so that you don't have to. It's a different way of controlling the exposure on the phone than just tapping your finger in the viewfinder and picking a point. It's a slider. It's a little bit more control. It sort of you know turns your iPhone camera into more of an advanced camera, like a camera camera. Um, and that's really what a lot of the features are, the camera you know, not just the filtering features, but the camera features. It's for giving you more control, like as a photographer. Um, they have three different focus modes, macro, normal, and far. Um, so again, you can set it to macro, and instead of just uh, like in a system camera app where you have to compose the picture first and then pick a focal point with your finger in the framing, you can set camera plus to macro mode. And then as you move it around, it's always trying to focus at a narrow focal depth. Um, and it's a great way. It's a really cool way to bring out the depth and sort of get that blurred background um, in your pictures. They have over 9 million users and counting. That's amazing to me. This is one of the big hit apps in the app store. Um, and it's, you know, it's better than ever. So how do you find out more? Uh, you can go to Camera Plus App, C A M E R A P L U S A P P dot com, Camera Plus App dot com. Uh, find out more, see some examples, and and get a link to the App Store there. Uh, but it's a great app. I've got it on my iPhone. I've had it, uh, you know, the two point version for for a while. Three is a great update, and it's really worth checking out. If you like. Uh, playing around with uh, camera apps on your iPhone. You, you're nuts if you don't try Camera Plus. Great app. 
Also, super crowded, super crowded, uh, and this is a nice little segue here, super crowded segment of the App Store, right? You just go to the App oh, Store yeah. and start looking for camera and photo apps. Man, you're, you're, you're in, you know, how are you going to find the good ones? Well, Camera Plus is one of the good ones. Uh, and speaking of that, of trying to find, uh, you know, the good stuff in a crowded category, um, there's a, a a new version of uh, I guess Sean Blanc is uh, the the, the oh, yeah. editor, but the, yeah. what's it called the sweet the sweet setup sweet setup, yeah. Uh, and you you have a couple of contributions. I do. I wrote right. a couple of reviews of Twitter clients, one for the Mac and one for iOS. It's sort of a reimagining of the sweet setup website, and I think in a nut, and I, I don't mean this to to say it's it's. Uh, Derivative. I, I just think it's and you know there's the it, it's sort of like the wire cutter for Mac and iOS apps, right? right? Now the wire cutter is Brian Lamb's site. I've mentioned it on the show before, where you can go and find like uh, it'll it, it, instead of reviewing every stereo system, it's like here's the best stereo system, and here's the you know here's like the best of the best. Like if your money's no limit, and here's the best one if you live in a small apartment and only want to spend five hundred bucks, and here's you know there's only two listed. Great, great site for just finding what their editors and researchers consider the best of something. Well, yeah. the sweet and they, is, and they have a sister site called the Sweet Home, right? Which right. is which my wife and I use all the time. Hmm. It's great. It's it's household. A, it's just such a great idea yeah. for how to run like a product review website. You know, yeah. where it's almost like like the way other sites have done it is just review everything and then you know. And, and then let, you know, almost turn your reader, if you're looking for, if you haven't been following along, reading every single review they publish, you know, all along, when you go to buy something, you've got to do the research and read all these reviews and figure out yourself what, what the best probably is. Whereas, you know, this new style is more like, we're just going to keep an updated index of the best. Right. And, you know, cuts through the clutter, gives, you know somebody's educated researched opinion on the best of something. So which ones did you write? I wrote uh, two reviews of iOS and uh, Twitter, or uh, iOS and Mac Twitter clients. And so, what were your recommendations? I have these open in a tab somewhere in Safari, but I did not read them. Both, uh, both for TweetBot. Close call with Twitter effect, but both for TweetBot. Yeah. I, it's one of those things where I, uh, uh, I love Twitterific, but it's just like Tweetbot is like the one that like fits the way my mind works. Yeah, mine too. Um, the, the only problem, the only problem with, and I mentioned this throughout Tweetbot is there's no iOS seven version for the iPad. And. Don't you think? And I use Tweetbot all the time on the Mac. I use it on iPad, and I use it on my iPhone. But once you got the iOS seven update for the iPhone, instantly the version for the iPad looked so stale and old, <laughs> and like it looks like nineteen eighty seven or something. Even though, like the day before, when you had the same thing on your iPhone too, it just looked a little old. Like, but all, you know, and again, yeah. this is another one of those things where it's just a I, different, it's a different era. And that era has passed us by now. Right. You, we can say, Hey, the Tapbot guys should quick, you know, update the <laughs> iPad app. Right. And what, you know, and everybody would nod their head and say, yeah, they should. And of course, you know, it's a mountain of work. 
right? It is a huge, huge amount of work. I'm sure it's in the works, but, you know, iPhone first. I agree with your recommendation. What 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 do you think are the deciding factors? What is it that, that you think? Uh, the ability to save drafts is a big deal to me. Um, right, because back in the day, I used to use Sandy's app, um, Birdhouse. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if that, I might still have it on my phone, but I haven't used that since then. I mean, mostly just because TweetBud's got drafts. And so if I want to, if I'm working on something, I want to carefully wordsmith my 140 character <laughs> Oof. masterpiece. Yeah. Then uh, I can, I can store it right in the app. Right. So that's, that's a big deal. Uh, there's some other, there's some other stuff. I don't want to, I don't want to give the whole thing away, you know, All right. go, go All to right. the, go to the site and read the, I'll put it in the show notes. People can go and read it. <laughs> to me, what it is, is that, and, and it's like great Mac software has always had this sort of quality to it, to me, where if it's a great Mac app and you you've, and it occurs to you and you think, oh man, I've been using this, you know, once you're real familiar with the app, doesn't matter what the app does. And then you think, I wish that it did blank. And, and then you think, and if it could do blank, the way you would do it is like, you would hold down the option key and then you try it and it works. It's actually there. Yeah. Like they've already thought of that. Like, I don't know, cl close all windows, you know? And then you think, man, it would, should just be like, you go to the close window command. And if you hold down option, it would change into close all windows. Well, guess what? That works. And, and I love features like that. Or you think yeah. like option clicking this button should do blank. And then it already does it. And Tweetbot to me has a bunch of those features. Like, so for example, like with the drafts, how do you get the drafts? Well, there's a shortcut. If you just press and hold on the, the compose a tweet button, it'll open your most recent draft. Do you know that? I think I did. I think I, and I think that was exactly one of those things where I thought I need to try that. Uh, it's like such a, great little convenience feature well, let's and it, see it looks me, like it opens the last draft or maybe i only have yeah one. it opens I the most recent have, i may only have one right it opens the most recent one it doesn't yeah. take you to your drafts it just so that way you can do something like yeah. and one way that i use drafts and and i know that somebody out you know a lot of people out there are thinking who the hell writes dra draft <laughs> tweets but even if you're not like carefully exquisitely composing a 140 character masterpiece you can have something where like you're writing a tweet but in the midst of writing it you realize you want to get a link to another tweet and the best you want to use tweetbot yeah. to do that so you've got to close the tweet you're writing but you don't want to throw it out so you can use the draft you cancel save it as a draft go find the tweet you want to either copy a link from or get a link to the tweet, put that on the pasteboard, then long press on the compose button to go back to your most recent tweet, paste, there it is. It's such a great little flow that you, and it's the sort of thing that like, you know, it, it just makes you feel, you know, it's, this is such a corny term, but it makes you feel like a power user, you know? Yeah. Now, Twitterific it's, will hold the text of the last thing that you were composing. Um, but it won't hold a series of different drafts. So if you get more than one, you only get the last thing that you were working on. Right. Um, and the other thing I find I use it for is like is responding to um, pedants, because my my first response is usually something really sarcastic, and then I so I save it and I think think for a little while, and then I 
kind of change it to make it possibly still funny, but, but just more. Pe- just pedants? Pedants? Well, you yeah, you, you know how you get a response from someone who's like, uh, yeah, well, yeah, but this, that, not exactly because you yeah. forgot about. Like when Merlin Mann tweets you. Yeah, <laughs> always, always when Merlin tweets. Right. <laughs> um, and you're you you have a knee jerk reaction where you want to get snippy with them. Yeah, and it and there's two re- there's two good reasons not to do that. Mo- mostly, it's just you don't want to. If you get snippy with them, then you're going to get into a whole big thing. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Also, it's I, just it's just rude. You shouldn't get just get that, that you know. I, I should be I big. Have. I should be big enough to take a, to take a what is often an incorrect shot. <laughs> I think I. I don't know if it's a, if if it's best phrased as having a long fuse or thick skin, but I. I you know, and I get a lot of that. I get that in Twitter, but I. I it doesn't bother me. I don't know. I just somehow it, it like I let it roll off my back. Yeah. I usually just roll I my eyes, like but I want to make sure that my response to them doesn't isn't isn't an obvious <laughs> eye roll. So that I That's so that I end up spending the rest of the day talking to this person, right? See, this is where we should you and I should probably stop writing and just use the emoji, emoji, <laughs> and just I'm sure I know that there's an eye roll emoji, right? Just put oh, yeah. that in there. There's there definitely go. there's got to be. Put that in there, and then you're done. <laughs> um, Universal response. But anyway, what's the website? The address for the sweet setup. Uh, it's, is it's it the sweet, sweet setup or just sweet setup? Let's make sure I get it right. The the sweet setup dot com. Yeah, the no sweet no dashes setup. or anything. Uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, yeah, I found too. a really good. Um, I found Byword, which I don't know how I missed Byword, which is a great text editor for iOS and the Mac. It's a, uh, it's sort of a, uh, I think, it, I, th- I think I'm not misspeaking. It bills itself as a Markdown editor. Yes. Or am I, am I? It does. No, it, it uses Markdown and it also, uh, which is kind of cool. lets you publish to a number of different platforms like, uh, Tumblr and, uh, WordPress, etc. Wow. Well, that sounds like yeah. a great app. For an in-app purchase after, but yeah. still, I mean, all in all the prices. Eh, but that's a good way, you know. Yeah, know. right. Sure. It's like, a, that's a. I don't think they call it a pro feature, but that's kind of a pro feature. Right, exactly. I, I feel like in-app purchases have started getting a bad rap because of the way, that, especially, you know, let's face it, games, the way games right. are scamming people and making levels you got to buy your way out of and stuff like that. Right. Uh, and some of them are making gobs of money, and whenever anybody's making gobs of money with some sort of shady practice, immediately there's you know a, a, a horde of people who begin copying it. But there's a good way to use in-app purchase, and I feel like with this sort of overall race to the bottom pricing, especially on the iPhone, you know where where three ninety nine and four ninety apps four ninety nine apps are considered expensive. Mm-hmm. That it's a way to to price your app to appear more competitive, but still make money by giving people features that they really are want. They want so bad that they're happy to pay for them. And that sounds like a like a cool way to do it, right? Yeah. Is it one purchase that unlocks all of them, or do you pay for each of them? Like, you- well, you pay for the app. You pay for the app to begin with, and then right. there's one publishing purchase right. after the fact. And then that unlocks all the purchasing options. 
But that makes sense too because yeah, there's, I'm sure, a, yeah, I'm, there's only yeah right. There's only I'm that. sure that there's a lot of people who use the app just to you know that they're not publishing. They're just using it to store their right. you know notes or whatever. Yeah. Um. Anyway, good place and and people should bookmark it because every time I mention the wire cutter, then like three weeks later I get all these I get like random emails and tweets and they're like, hey, I was listening to your show a couple weeks ago and you mentioned this site that like will tell you what the best stereo is and now I'm looking for a stereo. What's that website? And I just, you know, it, yeah. Uh, so go bookmark it, bookmark it, and you won't have to ask me. Go to the sweet setup and, and bookmark it. And, and it's good looking too. He did a good job. Oh, it really is. He's, yeah, this stuff is nice. always good looking. Yeah. Um, it, the, this, it's like a, it's not a new site. It's like a relaunch of the site, but it's a, it's this, it's a, right. it's a better idea. Yes. This is the way it should be. It's a much better idea, I think. We should. Somebody should do a uh, best passive aggressive. Um, mug made by a massive software company <laughs> i wonder who would win i'm not sure i'm not sure That's, <laughs> you're referring to uh to microsoft's yes. scroogled store <laughs> i am which they've they've taken I'm their segueing the worst part about this is i uh, who could be i am so sympathetic to their message which is which is that google is using and and maybe in many cases abusing personal data in the aggregate to build up a profile of you to serve targeted ads uh and that you know that people aren't aware of this you know or, or to the degree uh, just how much google knows about about you and and your life uh and that they do questionable things with it and a lot of times they have like a sort of habit of of wait you know that the They'll go over the line and then, you know, take a little uh, rap on the knuckles and say, sorry, uh, you know, and then just go back and do it again and keep going over the line. Like, so what was the thing? They just got fined $17 million from the state's yeah. attorney generals because so the, and this is like a perfect example. So Safari on iOS uh, by default does not allow third party cookies. Which means if you go to daringfireball.net and I, the we, I, the website, tries to place a cookie, by default, yes, I can place a cookie. But like an ad that I have on my site, which is coming from a different domain name, doesn't get to write a cookie. And in desktop browsers, by default, all, all of them, I think, let you turn it off or toggle the settings. But it's one of those settings that I'm sure 99% of people never look at because they don't understand it. Um, but the default is that third-party cookies are on. So when you go to a website, you, the website can load cookies on your machine from all sorts of websites. And it's it's a way that advertising networks track you, um, you know, like famously. Yeah. Like when you go to Amazon and search for shoes and you look at a pair of shoes and think about it and then you go to some other website and there's an ad for that pair of shoes. Everybody – I mean that happens all the time now. That's cookies and it's like this third-party thing. Safari – on iOS, by default, has always turned those off, that you only get the first-party cookies. Uh, and Google, clever Google, figured out some way around that. Uh, and they, they took a massive like a, a fine from the FCC for it. Uh, it's a perfect example of what Microsoft means by their scroogled. Um, right? So I'm sympathetic to the argument, but the scroogled store yeah. makes me like, it really puts like a knot in my stomach. Yeah. Ugh. 
It's no, just... really, then they're selling them. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the other weird. It, it, it's like they're not that... just printing up a bunch of T-shirts and giving them out or something at a at a Microsoft store. Um, they're they're selling people mugs that say that have the Chrome logo and say what do they say? They say um, keep calm and while we steal your data. Yeah. That's the other thing, using an overused internet meme. Yeah. Uh, my idea is that to, 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 to print one of those shirts that says, keep calm and stop making keep calm t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, know, it's, it, people... does, it seems so. And, and Apple's done that kind of done this kind of thing before, but not to this degree. I mean, they've never it's because this is a whole campaign. And, right. and like I said, they're actually selling these things, which I think is just weird. Right. Like one example of this would be the um, when Apple was still using PowerPC chips and the G5 first came out. And when the G5 first came out, it, it actually had like a performance lead over like the, the then state-of-the-art Intel chips. And they had the, the toasted uh, guy in a bunny suit. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Remember that? It was like an Intel yeah. guy in a in right. a bunny suit and then he was like smoldering because he'd gotten smoked by a G5. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's it's not a, a, a oh, Apple is, would never do anything like this. Um, you could sort of argue the whole on the Mac you're a PC campaign was in this vein, you know, of of sort of uh mocking a competitor. Um but the way Microsoft this mocking does it is, is different. Yeah, mocking yeah. is different than really. It's so, it's so ham-fisted. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Keep calm while we steal your data. You know, it's like, it's almost like hyperbolic, because they're not really stealing your data. Like they've actually gone over a line, and now it's not even really true. Yeah. I mean, I get. Well, I mean, they've occasionally stolen some stuff, <laughs> you know? like the Wi-Fi passwords. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. We took all your Wi-Fi passwords, but. For the most part, they're not really stealing data. They're collecting it with your, you know, they, it, that's, that's what's so insinuous about it, you know, that they've somehow gotten everybody to agree to let you collect the data and aggregate it and use it. But, oh, it's, it's pretty bad. You know what I've heard? A couple people told me that, um, and I, I wrote on, when I linked to it, I wrote, who's, who's, who is buying this stuff? And then a couple people wrote to tell me that the, the coffee mug was already sold out. <laughs> so somebody's buying it. <laughs> Uh, and then a couple people said that it's it that the stuff has proven to be very popular uh, with Google employees. So Google employees are buying it because they think it's so funny. <laughs> That's great. There is an angle there, like where if you it, if it's done well, it should bother the competitor, right? right. And so, right. for example, the I'm a Mac, you're a PC thing. It, it, it seemed to, in particular, it seemed to rankle Bill Gates. Like when Gates would be asked about that campaign and in interviews, it always seemed like it, it was under his skin. Um, because I think Apple sort of touched a nerve with that stuff, right? A lot of the gags, you know, they rang true to people. I think that's why it, you know, it 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 got to people. Whereas I think that this Scroogled campaign, if you work at Google, it, I think it's almost like like it makes you feel good. It's like, wow, we've really gotten under oh, yeah. Microsoft's skin. Yeah. Right? It just seems so self-evident from the existence of this crap that that Microsoft <laughs> is like obsessed with Google. In the wrong way. Yeah, in the wrong way. 
Like it's just it, it's not the the stuff isn't getting Instead under of, Google's skin. It's evidence that Google is under Microsoft's skin. Yeah. Do you think Frank Shaw runs this campaign? Is the... I would doubt it. I don't know. I think he's he certainly helped promote it. The Googled stuff in general, but I think PR is different than marketing. But I don't know. Maybe this is. Uh, Maybe it is a function of Microsoft's PR department, not their marketing department, because it's not, you know, the marketing would be for Microsoft products. Right, right. Whereas this is really, it's, 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 yeah, you're right. Maybe it is Frank Shaw. Cause it's, and he it's, seems like, you know, he's the, <laughs> he's the kind of shoot from the hip guy that might do this and not think about it twice. Yeah. Frank X Shaw. John Xavier? X Xavier. Is that what, is that really what, is it, is it Xavier? Well, somebody I, after I mentioned it on the show, last I don't know what week, else it would be. Right, somebody mentioned that that their their son has an X middle initial, and that it, I forget that you know it doesn't matter what his name is. Um, but that you know he you know that the reason they picked it is they thought you know exactly what I said. It's a cool initial, and I and I wrote back to him. I was like Xavier, and he was like, yeah, because we couldn't think of anything else. Xerxes. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. <laughs> Is there? A, I don't even know if there's another. Name or you could just. Yeah, I mean, nothing. I mean, just right. Could just be like like uh, uh, like Harry S. Truman. Yeah. Right. You know that the S doesn't stand for anything. Uh, I think I had heard that before. I. Yeah. Not something was, that I generally retain. Yeah, it's just his <laughs> name was Harry Truman. He had no middle name, but he thought Harry. He, I, I I guess I don't. know. Maybe this is apocryphal. I should probably do some research and look it up. I don't know. But the story I always heard was that he just thought it sounded cool, so he just added an S. Harry S. Truman. Like John F. Kennedy. And he was right. That's the thing. <laughs> Harry S. Truman sounds cooler than Harry Truman. Harry Harry Truman sounds like your pal, like a guy you know. Like maybe he's the, the town barber or, uh, you know, like your mailman is Harry Truman. Harry S. Truman sounds like a <laughs> badass president of the United States. Around here, Harry Truman was the guy that stayed on Mount St. Helens. Got buried under... What? Feet of ash. Yeah, he was like a, he was this old guy that lived up on the side of Mount St. Helens back in 1980, and said wouldn't, that he was wouldn't evacuate. He would not evacuate. And then what happened? And he's, well, he's still there. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, hey, you've got to go. You're going to get buried under a mountain of ash. And he said, the hell with it. I'm not yeah, going anywhere. Yeah. And then he got buried under a mountain of ash. Yeah. I didn't know I mean, know you that. know, it was an interesting, you know, it was uh, sort of a romantic notion. He right. lived up there with his wife for a number of years, and she had passed away like a year or two before that or something like that. And I think he just decided he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to fight it anymore. He wanted to stay on the mountain. Or he yeah, was going to fight it, I guess. You often hear, you see those people a lot of times with like hurricanes and stuff too and it's yeah. it's there's like a um, a little boy who cried wolf factor to it too where I'll, you, you see them and the, and the tv news people love to put them on you know yeah. like the people who aren't going to evacuate and they always say the same thing it's like well a couple of years ago they told me to evacuate and i did and it was a huge pain in the ass and then nothing happened <laughs> right and it's like i don't know there's just uh, you know it, it's, it's, it's a lot of people have you know, trouble with critical thinking, you know, that, you know, that if you, if you only warn people when there's a hundred percent certainty that their house is going to be destroyed, that it's too late. Right. I mean, everybody knows that the, you know, weather can change, you know? Yeah. You know, you don't want, you, you, you wouldn't want a warning system that is only like, uh, 
you know, five minutes heads up. You know, they've got to take a guess because it does take a day. If everybody's going to evacuate, it does take a day because all the roads are clogged. You know, they have to take a guess. So it doesn't, you know, the logic there doesn't really make sense. Harry Randall Truman. 1896 to 18, 1980. Wow, that's, he's a, he was pretty old. Yeah. Right? He was, was that, 84? 84, yeah. Jeez. What a way to go. Yeah. I w- yeah. <laughs> Unless there was something wrong with me. If there was like something wrong with me, you know, I might consider that. But All right. if I was still, if I still had like a couple of years left. <laughs> I feel like we're really, we're really I want run- those years. We're really running a, a downer show. Yeah, we show really here. are. We should talk about something. Uh, well, we talked about anal sex for a while. That was good. that was a yeah. That was the that was a pick me part up of the show. Yeah, let me do the last sponsor, okay. uh, and uh, this will put everybody in a good mood. It's uh, a new sponsor, Cards Against Humanity. Oh yeah. Now you, you've you've heard of this cards? I have against heard of it, and I have not played it yet. But I gotta I gotta get in on that. Cards Against Humanity is a party game for horrible people. <laughs> now that's not me. That's that's their tagline, and which is you know I, it's pretty intriguing. Like I'm not really a party game person, but I'll tell you when you say it's a party game for horrible people, now you've you've got my attention. Uh, it's an independent game. It started as a Kickstarter project and is now the best-selling, best-reviewed, and most wished-for toy or game on Amazon.com. So it's an incredible like Kickstarter success, too. Uh, it's easy to pick up and play. One person is like a deck of cards, and it, they look cool, too. They're nice. They're like nice uh, uh, Helvetica graphic design. Um, one person asks a question uh, for the group off of a black card, and everyone else answers with their funniest white card. So in other words, everybody gets dealt a bunch of these white cards. You get a black card with a question, and there's these terrible, terrible answers you know you can pick out of your white cards. Uh, you can play with a big group or just a few people. Uh, probably, probably works really well with uh, a little bit of alcohol, thrown into the mix i it doesn't it sounds like the sort of thing that might work with uh you know a a bottle of wine or a couple of beers would would uh loosen up the loosen up the gears um you can learn more or download the whole game for yourself for free at cardsagainsthumanity.com uh they donate zero percent of each sale to the make a wish foundation So you can you again. Can, you're reading. Yeah, you yes. can feel feel this real good there. about yourself knowing that 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 a percentage of each sale goes to to make a wish, and it's zero, that percentage is zero. <laughs> um, they have expansion packs. The fourth expansion pack is brand new and just came out. Um, here's an example. They have an example, uh, uh, like a black card with the question. It's finally a service that delivers blank right to your door. And then some of the um, some of the options you would have would be uh, uh, an uppercut. See, no, that's not funny, <laughs> but maybe it fits, right? Uh, an unstoppable wave of fire ants, uh, <laughs> unlimited soup, salad, and breadsticks. Now that's actually to me that's funny. Um, and then they have some with you know graphic violence, adult language, and and sexual content. So it'd probably fit right in with this episode <laughs> of the talk show. Um, but uh, 
you know, if that sounds funny to you, then, uh, and I, you know, if it doesn't, I don't know what's wrong with you. You should check them out. Cardsagainsthumanity.com. You can check out more. Um, and my thanks to them for sponsoring the show. It really, I think it really sounds like a hoot. Yeah. I appreciate too. I do appreciate that the cards are very, uh, attractively designed. Cause if that was, if they weren't, then that would be, that, that would ruin it for me. And I believe our friend, Mr. Fleischman interviewed them on his podcast. Yeah, he's new, big on the, the new disruptors. Yeah. Disruptors. I remember there was uh, at the XOXO conference. Uh, I think they were there. The the Cards Against Humanity people, yeah. the creators. Uh, in fact, I know they were there. But there also were. Uh, I saw a group playing the game, and I will say that it was almost conspicuous, almost obnoxious how how much they were laughing. <laughs> You know, like when there's, you know, there's like 80 people in a room. It's like after the sessions were over and people were dispersing, some people were going to dinner and, and, you know, the the day was breaking up at the conference. And then there's this group of like 12 people all laughing, you know, hysterically and nobody else knew what the joke was, you know. Right. But I will say it it did seem very popular. Probably not Uh, for the kids. No, I don't think it is for the kids. (laughs) Um, speaking of Make-A-Wish, though, you know, did you see that Bat Kid thing? I mean, I sure did. Saw that. Sobbed, that amazing? I sobbed like a little kitty. So great! It was yeah. like that's San Francisco at its best. Yeah, no, that's uh, you know, I I sometimes make fun of the uh, street performance type stuff, yeah. but that's that's just terrific. Yeah, and they even got a kid even got comments from uh, Christian Bale and. Uh, right. Uh, what's his name? The new guy, the new Batman, Matt what's Damon. Matt no. Damon. <laughs> no, uh, the other one. Yeah, uh, Adam West. No, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Ben Affleck. But ben Affleck, even the, you know, if you're it. if you're like a five year old kid and you love Batman, how cool is it that Christian Bale is telling you that you're awesome? Uh, oh yeah, it's incredible. The thing I saw is that the bill, like the bill to the city of San Francisco for having done this, was like a hundred grand. Like the city spent like a hundred grand to clear the streets and rent the Lamborghini or whatever it was that they made up as a Batmobile and get the suits and blah blah blah. And you, even, I, the thing that to me is amazing and is so great about it is even if you're the, like the worst cynic in the world and like uh, you know like a like you're Montgomery Burns. And you don't think that the city should spend a plum nickel on, you know, sick kids or something like that. I think you could even make the argument that this was – it was a bonanza for the city because if it only costs $100,000, they got yeah. millions of dollars That's of cheap PR. PR. Right? That's cheap like, PR. What, what TV news broadcast did not put Bat Kid on, right? And all it is is look at the amazing heart – you know, like heart-rending – like, come on. I dare you to keep your eyes – dry watching this great story uh and all mentioning the city of san francisco it is like the greatest pr thing for san francisco dollar dollar for dollar i will guarantee you that that's a better investment than the giants (laughs) (laughs) it's i can't imagine i don't remember the last time that any city has gotten that sort of you know pr from a, a little thing like this a little stage thing so it was fantastic i think all cities should learn a lesson from this and and uh, do do amazing cool things for for kids uh last thing i wanted to talk about is this uh do you see this story on uh cnn 
I've seen this before, and it's not just this one story. It's sort of a meme, which is that uh, uh, that Apple spends far less on research and development than its competitors. Right. Uh, you've talked, and you've talked about or written about this before. I, th- I because I it, think you had said that despite, or maybe it was on the talk show that you mentioned it, but despite the fact that they their R&D budget is lower. They do R&D in a different way than other companies. And, and it's likely that there are more people working on new products than shows up in their R&D budget. Yeah, I think I, I could be wrong. I mean, I, this is, yeah. this is sort of what I, but I just remember that like uh, famously and to me, it, you know, it, it, it all comes back to like when, when Steve jobs came back to Apple and he shut down Apple's what was then they had like an R and D division. I forget the name of it. What do you remember the name? No. Uh, it was like Advanced Technologies Group, I think. Yeah, it was Apple's ATG, the Advanced Technologies okay. Group. And you know, it was R and D in the traditional sense of that they weren't. You know, the the that group wasn't necessarily working on on specific products they were working on technologies that future products might use so maybe i don't even know i i I could be wrong but for example maybe they were working on handwriting recognition in the abstract and then when the people making the newton wanted handwriting recognition they they went to they were like you guys you know can we use the we, we need to use the handwriting recognition that you were working on and when jobs came back he said that's that's his bullshit you know this is just a way. This is how c- companies just flush money down the toilet. <laughs> you know, not that we're not going to do R and D, not that we're not going to invent new things and innovate, but it's all going to be in the name of actual products, right? And and you know, other things that came out of that were things like, um, like the twentieth anniversary Macintosh, right, where they made this Mac that cost a lot of money and had cool technology, but it wasn't actually meant. They didn't. They even said when they announced it, this wasn't meant to sell in big quantities. You know, it was sort of a like a concept right, computer, right. like the equivalent of a concept car. Yeah. Uh, and Jobs's idea, and I think you know, lo these sixteen years later, it seems to have worked pretty well. Is this is bullshit? We're going to work on real products that we intend to ship for real people at real prices, and we'll do our research in the name of creating those products. And so I, th- I know, I, does that mean that they don't account for it as quote unquote R and D? I don't know. Maybe they really do only spend three point. Here's the numbers they have. Number two, it, it, this is from CNN that uh, Samsung spends eleven point two billion annually on R and D. Microsoft is right behind them at ten point six billion. Google is at six point seven billion, and Apple is only three point five billion. Maybe they really do only spend three point five. I don't know, but maybe it's they spend so much less because they don't waste it on things that aren't going to be real, right? <laughs> on Scroogled mugs, <laughs> right? How much money went into? How much R and D went into these Scroogled mugs? Um, I thought that. Uh, I, now that's that's always been my take on that, and 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 the CNN article. I mean, the lead says it all. Here's the lead. Critics who say Apple lacks innovation have a new report to underscore their claims. The iGizmo maker, barf. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> barely cracks the top fifty of corporate research and development spending. Uh, 
And you know, so now it's 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 their. T- this has long been a complaint that Apple doesn't spend on R and D, and it's it's tossed about by the type of morons who who like to think that Apple products as a whole are you know just toys. They're garbage, and that the, they're bought by people who are fooled by the marketing or whatever. Uh, and then they'll st- that's like when they you know you're pressed for proof. They're like, well, look, they don't even spend money on R and D. You know that the real innovation comes out of companies like Microsoft and Samsung. And Google. Uh, I thought that Johnny Evans at uh, Computer World, I sent you this link before the show, yeah, but he yeah. had an interesting take on it where his take wasn't really that sort of, dis- you know, the, the Apple um, accounts for their R&D differently or just doesn't waste it on stuff. He just said, well, doesn't this show that the other companies are wasting money? You know, then and he just compared their R and D expenditures to their net income for the year, and he acknowledges that what they're spending on R and D this year, it's comparing not, yeah. it to their net income right. for the same year, isn't exactly fair because their R and D for this year should really, you know, the profits for it will be in the future if it's R and D. Right. But it's just a way of of measuring it, and it's not like here's the most important thing: it's not like Apple has cut their R and D recently. You know, they've always been a relatively low spender on R and D compared to their competitors. Yeah, but uh, he computes. So it's been a, like it's been like this for years, and they've they've come up with products like the iPhone and the iPad and the iPod. Right. Uh, you know, it's. I mean, I I don't know what you can say to somebody. You know. There, there's, I guess there's two groups. There's a big group who are saying, hey, Apple hasn't innovated uh, since Steve Jobs died because they haven't come out with a radical new product in the last 18 months. Or, you know. All right. So if you want to believe that, you can believe it because there's no way to disprove it until <laughs> Apple comes out with something new. But if you want to argue that Apple has never come out with anything innovative, I mean, I don't even know how, where do you even start a rational <laughs> argument with somebody like that? And it's always a double standard because... The type of innovation that they talk about when they're talking about Apple is products that completely remake markets, whereas what they they talk about with Samsung is like bigger screens, right? Well, Look, they've got know, bigger, which is you know, I mean, that's something, but it's not it's not nearly of the level of com- coming up with the iPhone. I, a lot of people seem you know like like to point it out as sort of a, well Apple wasn't the first to have a blank you know the iPod wasn't the first MP3 player there were you know all sorts of other ones you know the, the iPhone wasn't the first smartphone there was you know a smartphone with the browser and apps from you know BlackBerry and Nokia before that uh, and they're not and and it you know like the Galaxy Gear watch so Apple has never made a smartwatch. So yeah, Samsung has shipped a smartwatch before Apple. Um, you know, the race isn't to make the first one though. The race is to make the first good one, which is where Apple tends to, you know, you know, that's that's what Apple does, you know. So no, the iPod wasn't the first MP3 player, but it was the first really good one. Uh, or at yeah, least or I- even if you thought it it was so good that it made what you thought was good before all of a sudden not look good. Yeah, Microsoft made tablets for years, but well, they didn't right. make them, but they they shipped a, they shipped Windows on, and it pushed them too. Yeah, right. That they, right. you know that they 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 were pushing tablet computing for over a decade before the iPad appeared. So in a sense, and, they and were literally dozens of people were really into it. <laughs> well, in a sense, they were right. You know, in that it was it was it is it, it 
we now can tell it is a good form factor, but they, you know, you don't get points for being right, but not making it or you, whatever points you do get, don't, you know, they don't, yeah. they don't have any cash value. Yeah. Not redeemable. And the uh, whole, and the whole, I mean, that, that's a, that's another topic is the galaxy gear sales figures. Yeah. Well, we could, which, we could wrap up with that. Yeah. Which were widely reported as, well, I think Samsung was saying 800,000. Well, right? it was first, first there was a report in the, Business Korea, Korea Business, some some Korean business website published a thing that would now it was an unnamed source, but you know claimed to be informed that um, that they've only sold fifty thousand of them so far to consumers, which is you know is not a lot, <laughs> which is actually very close to zero. <laughs> and then the next day, Samsung executives it put out a statement and gave it to Reuters and said that they had sold. 800,000 of them, which would be a pretty good number because then, you know, they're getting close to a million and a million for like a new product is pretty good. You know, like I didn't the yeah. iPhone sell a million in the first year was or was it 10 million in the first? Year? I think they wanted 10 million in the first year. Yeah. Or 10 million in the first, first 18 months or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like right. 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 Because right. it was through. The, so, the, yeah. Yeah. So they sold a million pretty, but you know, a million wouldn't be bad for the Galaxy Gear, especially compared to how poorly it's been reviewed across the board. Um, but then it, later in the day, that got clarified as one of those shipped. What do you mean by sold? Shipped or sold to a, c- to a customer? Person, yeah, Is and it- they and they clarified that oh, they were shipped to resellers. So it's possible that both are true that they have shipped 800,000 right. Galaxy Gear watches to resellers, but that only 50,000 of them have been actually sold to customers. And there was another report a few weeks ago that, uh, like at Best Buy or something like that, that 30% of all the gears that were sold were returned. Turned. Because it's, you know, it's garbage. <laughs> have you seen one? That's a, I mean, and I, I I take it. I'm not a retail expert. No, not in person. Yeah, I haven't either. I should try. I should see if there's some place I could go lay hands yeah, on one it, of these things. It's Best Buy. Do you, do, I think there's a, Best, there's a Buy Best Buy here someplace. I hate going in those places. Ooh, they've gotten worse. Yeah. It's just a, it's a den of desperation. Oh, and the worst part is the... Uh, I guess I would ha- I could avoid it because I, uh, I uh, maybe you can't though maybe they don't even let you just walk out the door anymore. The worst is when you when you check out. Have you have you seen? <laughs> they don't let you walk out the door anymore. You have to buy something. Yeah, well, they may make you walk through. There's it's almost through like the, a yeah a like gauntlet. A, if you have to run yeah, a gauntlet, like like a gauntlet that it, it's set up like uh, like something in a carnival. You know, like when you go through the fun house, <laughs> you can't just go to a register and check out. You have to go through this gauntlet where they're bombarding you with uh, like candy, candy and stuff, yeah, and and uh, gift cards and just all of the worst crap in the universe. And that I guess you know because five percent of the people who walk through pick up one of them, they make everybody do it. But it makes you feel dirty, yeah. It just is like a really gross retail exper- experience. But anyway, I guess that's the only place I could think of where I could go yeah. and see one. Which is probably why, I, which is what exactly why I haven't done it. No, I'm I mean, not as opposed to, so like, I, I went up to when, when Microsoft shipped the Surface, I went up and stood in line. And, and that was a, that was a, 
well, other than the fact that they were holding people at the door once the doors actually opened um, and only letting like a small handful in at a time. Even I mean, like being in the Microsoft store was a nice experience. Hmm. I had a good experience anyway. And, and like they were to me very good about just coming up and, and seeing if you needed help. And if you didn't need any help, you just wanted to play with it or just ask a question. They would answer the question. Um, but then they let, they let me alone. Yeah. So like that kind of that kind of store experience is kind of what I'm getting used to now, and I don't want <laughs> don't want the other one. Uh, there's rumors that Google is I, I don't know about a full time store, but there were rumors that they were going to have like a like a a store on a barge in a couple of cities. Like there's one in like a mysterious Google registered yeah. boat in San Francisco, like in the harbor, and that they were you know like at least in a handful of cities around the world they were going to have like temporary stores for I, I guess you know like chromebooks and android phones and stuff i don't know i mean we can it's easy to make fun of microsoft for copying the apple store but in a way you know it, it, it's like with any kind of innovation the first one's the original the second one is a copy and then with the third one it's all of a sudden it's a genre right yeah. and so it's hard to be the second one because you're going to be accused of copying um, but it's actually not a, it's, it's, it's such a great store and it's so successful. It's, you know, it, it's obvious, you know, per retail square foot, it's the most successful retail operation in the world, Apple stores. Um, so it obviously works for Apple, but as a customer, it's, it's nice. It's like the nicest computer store I've ever been in. You know, yeah. the only, the biggest problem with it is always only that it, that they're too crowded. Right. Um, right. So, and, I mean, for I don't, I don't know how well it doesn't. It's certainly not working as well for Microsoft, uh, and and it's also kind of weird that they're selling. You know, the hardware that they sell, at least now, is mostly other people's hardware. So you go in, and there's that row of Ultra Books that all right. look like the MacBook Air, and then there's some Surfaces and Xboxes. Yeah, the problem isn't that their stores aren't good. The problem is that their products don't attract people anymore. Really, <laughs> I think I really. I'm, I don't yeah. mean that. I don't really mean <laughs> it true. as a joke. I really mean it that that it's it really. It, it, you know, we could do a whole show on what's what's really what's happened to Microsoft. But you know that they've somehow you know they took their eye off the ball and and got behind where nobody's really excited by their stuff. Nobody's right. really excited by Windows Phone, even though it's kind of interesting. Um, there's such a lack of clarity to the PC lineup, you know, where like, like you said, you go to this Ultrabook table and it, it, you know, there's one from Dell and one from Lenovo and one from HP and they're all kind of equivalent and it makes, you know, it lacks clarity, you know, like part of what makes the Apple store and buying, if you're, once you've committed, I'm going to be a Mac user, it's so much easier to just decide what to buy. You know, I mean, right. you do have some decisions, you know, and you have to think, do I want the MacBook Pro? Do I want the MacBook Air? Once you decide, you know what, I, I just want something light. I don't really care about Retina. You know, I just want something lightweight. Well, then, you know, you want the Air and then you're just down to, you know, 11 or 13 inch. And then, yeah. you know, whereas going in and thinking, even if you know, I want like a 13 inch Air type laptop but I want it with Windows. Now you've got to, you know, somehow somehow make the decision between Toshiba and Lenovo and HP. And, you know, how do you make that decision? And I don't even know how. I think it makes it harder on the salespeople too because, 
you know, you go to the Apple store, they'll give you honest advice because they're all Apple products. Like, how does somebody in the Microsoft store tell you to choose Lenovo over Toshiba? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess they I could... I wrote something a while ago, a couple of weeks ago or something like that, about how I think it's strange that Microsoft, you know, I mean, right now they don't really have, it's like they don't have a CEO really. I mean, because Ballmer can't make real decisions, at least not without the, you know, the board's very close approval. And even the board is kind of in flux. And yet, I mean, their stock still seems to, to go up. Maybe Maybe that's just because people were still... I mean, everybody, the consensus was that Balmer needed to go. And so, yeah, now he's going. So hopefully their future is better. But still, it's a very strange thing, the the fact that they have nobody really leading the company as a strong leader right now. They have this lame duck. And and yet everybody seems to be fine with that. (laughs) Right. And it's interesting to me that they're still making decisions. And, you know, like, so the the Nokia acquisition... It wasn't that after it was after it was announced that Balmer was stepping down. I think so, right? Uh, I think it was before. That well, was before. I'm pretty sure that was before. But they did the they did they got rid of stack ranking, right? And that is a you know a big deal. We could do a whole show on that. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, but it just seems to me like these are decisions that you know wouldn't you want the new CEO to be behind them? I mean, it yeah. seems everybody seems to agree that getting rid of stack ranking is a good idea. Um, but it's you know it's a big cult company change you don't know you know it's like and and you know which makes me think that maybe that was his that was balmer's thing yeah and the board was like okay let's get rid of this but it just seems weird i don't know the whole idea of a transition like this is just unusual you know usually Mm -hmm. guys get if it's planned then there's a named successor you know, and, you know, like Apple is a perfect example of that, where obviously they were ready, you know, yeah. that when 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 Steve Jobs was no longer able, you know, it's exactly what his letter said. I always said if I was unable to do it, I wouldn't. And now I'm unable to do it. And so I'm not. I'm going to, you know, I'm no longer CEO. Uh, I've recommended to the board they hire Tim Cook. Like an hour later, the board named Tim Cook CEO. <laughs> You know, and ready to go. And then there's other cases where, you know, something happens. The board has to fire the CEO. You know, Yahoo's gone through a couple of those. Remember they had the, the goofy guy with the fake uh, uh, credentials? He'd like made up all like, where oh, he went to college. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, yeah, he like never been to college. That. And they had to fire him. But then, you know, it, 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 you know, and it's not planned at all. But then they quickly, you know. You know, that's like when the board earns its money, you know, they, they quickly, you know, put together a list of successors and name one. And then the new one, new CEO comes in and starts running the show like this sort of even if it's just months long, you know, it, it's just a weird transition for a company to go through. Yeah. You know, like, with and, the- I, and I don't and I don't feel like I see the the sort of Olympic level stupidity in suggestions of what Microsoft should do that Apple got when Apple was down in the, you know, was having trouble or right. even now, I mean, they still get ridiculous. I mean, you know, these people write these, some of the stupidest crap you can believe. And nobody said, you know, nobody says, you know, it was just, it was just back in 2006 that Gartner was suggesting Apple get out of the hardware business. And nobody says Microsoft should buy HP and you know buy their hardware business and stop licensing Windows, right. which I don't even know if they could do that. But you just don't. 
it's just sort of maddening as an Apple follower. <laughs> we had to put up with all that crap for years, and you know now they're everyone's just fine. <laughs> <laughs> it just it does speak though to what a unique weird situation Microsoft is in because they're the thing is is they're still very very profitable. Their revenue is up. I mean, and you know the these you know this is if Balmer defenders you know can rightly say that you know under his leadership revenue and profits both way up um and because of that you can't you know he's not really fired you know and there's the you know it's obviously based on his side of the story at, at least partially there was a story in the journal about how this came to be you know and i guess it seems to have been a sort of mutual decision that the board was sort of pushing him but didn't fire him you know but he kind of like i guess took the hint and has decided you know look the time has come for somebody else to come in. And I think maybe, you know, it was an actual realization that he can see that the company needs a new direction and it, the direction they're going is his direction. You know, he, he doesn't see what that new direction is. So he sees that the company needs a new leader. But it's just weird because they're so successful that they can't just yank him and put a new guy in, you know? Right. And I feel like maybe the board doesn't know what that new direction is, you know? It's a very unique. I can't think of any similar leadership transition. Yeah, I don't know. And what I to just compare to me, it, to. it just seems like there's so much room for for failure here. Yeah, definitely. And I think that it it could. I know M. G. Siegler has said this before. Like he was the first one to point it out where their their C C F O stepped down like six seven months ago. Yeah, and then who better? Who's 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 looking the most ahead to like the coming financial results? You know, not just in the next quarter, but you know, a year, two years down the road than the CFO. Um, and you see it. I, I, it could. You know, who knows? Maybe Windows, you know, and PC sales compared to tablets and and other mobile devices will keep subtly moving downhill you know but uh, you just can't help but guess though that this sort of thing once that starts going down uh i've mentioned this before it's like the the i think it's a hemingway line about going bankrupt like how do you go bankrupt two ways first slowly then uh quickly something like that i just yeah right yeah i butchered that but (laughs) it's something like that (laughs) i remember that um but it is. It's like you know, you you you. That's just how it happens. It it often happens. Is you just, you know start going downhill slowly, and then all of a sudden you're going downhill quickly. And I don't know. It's and and you know if that happens, boy, that could be real ugly. You know, yeah. where if the whatever new initiatives that the new CEO brings into Microsoft haven't taken root yet, but Windows and Office profits and revenue suddenly really go down. It could, yeah, like you said, it could get real ugly. Yeah. And right. To me, this is this is really the most. I don't know. To me, this is one of the most fascinating subjects in technology right now. Microsoft. Yeah. And what they're going to do? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because it's it's so. It, it you know who knows what they're going to do, right? I mean, it's like yeah. you know, Apple is almost it's predictable. You know, what is Apple going to do? I mean, we can be excited, you know, that they keep hinting at new product categories. So we don't know what they are. We'll be excited by, you know, to learn what the actual products are. But, you know, you know what they're going to do. They're going to make new iPhones, new iPads, new MacBooks, and unveil Something. some kind of new thing, you know, in the next year. Right. Um, whereas Microsoft, you really have no idea what they're going to do. 
right? You know, are they going to try and reinvigorate the you know the OEM model of Windows? Are they going to go you know all in on like the forget about this OEM stuff? We're going to make our own hardware. And is some guy from Ford going to be able to lead that? Yeah. I, you know, I, and a couple people wrote to me and said that, you know, that he could be, you know, that he used to be at Boeing. He does have an engineering background. Um, you know, and, and somebody else is, I've seen other speculation that if it's this Mulally who's now at Ford, was at Boeing, that it could be more of a, um, that he, he's 67. He's been the CEO at Boeing. He's now the CEO at Ford. He's obviously, if he's 67, he's obviously not, uh, wouldn't be a long-term candidate. You know, they're not right. picking him to be there for the next 20 years. That he would be there, that they might, maybe they have somebody in mind. Um, you know, and somebody, but they need a few, they need a few years to get there. Right. Like, you know, and, and they'll, you know, he'll be the, the, the person who they really have in mind will be the number two to Malali while he shows how to be a CEO and, right. you know, you know, teaches, you know, certain things like that. Like Mike Marcula. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's, there's no way it can go wrong. What about what's his name? Uh, who is the German guy at Apple? Uh, Spindler? Yeah, Spindler. Why yeah. don't, maybe yeah. Microsoft should hire, hire maybe Michael Spindler. Maybe he's available. I bet he's available. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's call it a show. All right. Thank you, John. Thank you.